So you want to read Tolkien? We're happy to have you with us. Join us as we work our way through the Silmarillion. I'm Caitlin. I'm Rachel. And I'm Emily. Let's dig into this week's reading. For Middle-earth. If I tried to pronounce every letter in this name, my tongue would fall out of my mouth. I mean, I am on my second giant glass of Prosecco right now. So... Sally Ho! That's what Into the West means. Let's go home. We're unqualified, but we have ideas. Hello, welcome to the show. I'm Caitlin. I'm Rachel. And I'm Emily. And as the introduction implied, we are here to talk to you about the works of uh, Professor J.R.R. Tolkien, which is going to be so much fun for me to say because I suck at saying R's. (laughs) (laughs) So we can put that off as much as possible. There we go. Professor Tolkien works. Yeah, exactly. Right? Right. So as hopefully the introduction implied, which we haven't recorded yet, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, this spoilers podcast is sort of a introduction to Tolkien, which is kind of sounds like a weird thing to do at this point. But as the three of us have talked about before, we all sort of view Tolkien as a very gate kept part of nerddom. And we want to open the gates, I guess as much as possible and invite everyone in to this fun fantasy party. I don't know where I'm going with this metaphor. <laughs> no, I think what's what's scary to a lot of people about Tolkien is that there's so much and so much in the world and especially since we're we're talking about the Silmarillion, it's a lot of work and we want to make it at least a little bit less work. Well, even when you're talking just about Lord of the Rings, you know, the fellowship, the text is so dry once you get into it. It's not as approachable as people think after they've watched the movie. He has a style of writing that takes some getting used to, and it throws a lot of people off. Yeah, I can't I can't imagine coming to it because I read it before I saw the movies. I can't imagine coming to it the other way around. I saw the movies before I read the first one. So the only one of his books that I think I read before the film was Return of the King and obviously the Summerlian. Right, which will never be a movie. Nope, probably not. Yeah, and that's, I I read The Hobbit first when I was very young and then kind of as the movies were coming out, I read Lord of the Rings but before I saw them and I've actually found it interesting. I got halfway through a read-through several years ago And the difference of experience after seeing the movies is kind of fascinating. All right. So I guess before we get too much into it, let's just sort of talk about who we are and why we wanted to do this. We just talked a little bit about why, but who we are with in regards to our experience with Tolkien. Um, I will start. So I've read all five of the books that we are currently planning to do with this podcast at least once. I have seen the movies way the heck more than once (laughs) and I just really like the world and again I've always had the experience when talking to other people that especially about the movies that they just don't take people who haven't read the book seriously or people who prefer the movies they don't take them seriously and I kind of think that's bullshit so that's sort of one of the reasons I wanted to do this podcast 
Absolutely. I've also just decided swearing is okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes, swearing is going to happen. Yeah. Here's your warning. It's got to happen. I have read The Hobbit and then several times. I've read The Lord of the Rings uh, once and a half times or so. I have not read The Silmarillion. I have read some of Tolkien's tangential stuff, um, such as I really enjoyed The Legend of Sigurd and Gudrun because I have a sort of side hobby of being very much into those Norse legends and think it's really fascinating looking at Tolkien as a guy who studied Norse and Anglo-Saxon literature. Mm -hmm. Oh, and I've also seen the movies too many times to count. Haven't we all? Yeah, no kidding. Um, So I've seen the movies, the extended editions, of course, because what other film could anyone possibly want to watch Um, more times than I can possibly count? But I was one of the lucky children who actually had The Hobbit as required reading when I was in either fifth or sixth grade, which was the same year that the first Fellowship of the Ring movie came out. So we all got on the bandwagon at my school. Oh my God, I'm so much older than you. I know. I'm not that young, I promise. Um, we all got on the bandwagon at my school. So I read The Hobbit and then I jumped right into the Lord of the Rings um, books. And they took me a long time to read, but that was about 15 years ago now. And then I never picked them up again because like, as much as I'm glad that I read them, the writing style, as I mentioned a little bit earlier, is very dry, and they weren't my favorite things to read. Like, I didn't enjoy reading them as much as I have enjoyed being able to say that I have read them. And I've read none of his other works. So I feel like you're going to feel that way intensely about the Silmarillion. Oh, I know I am. I'm so ready. <laughs> it, it's going to be fun to have the information in your head, though. Like, afterwards? Yeah. I love world building. Yeah, exactly. That's what the Silmarillion is. Exactly. So as I'm looking at it that way, less yes. as a story yeah. and more as just a complete expansion of everything else. And I hope that'll get me through it. When you guys make it through this entire podcast with us, it's going to sound really epic when we start to get to you know the Lord of the Rings and we're pulling things back in from the Silmarillion and sounding yeah, super exactly. fancy. Start name dropping random people. It's going to be good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I don't want to, like, spoil this experience for you, but one of the things, because I read the Silmarillion after I read The Lord of the Rings, as most people did, I feel, it you get to this point where you're like, oh, shit, Galadriel, this character that the Fellowship talks to and has interactions with, is literally older than the sun and the moon. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Kimberly. And I remember just being like, and I remember the day that that kind of occurred to me and I was like, weird. Like, it's so weird to think that. Anyways, so stuff like that is why it's fun to read The Silmarillion or at least get the information from The Silmarillion. I was going to say, I have a very distorted view of like the length of time that this Middle Earth world covers, right? Because he has sagas upon sagas and some of them last chapters or entire books and some of them are, you know, three pages long. And so I don't have a good grasp of what the span of time at Middle Earth is supposed to be the way that I do, you know, with my ancient history degree. Right. I'd like to tell you that the Silmarillion is going to help. I don't think it will. (laughs) I think it'll be more like, wait, how many years have passed? Because for most of it, because it's about the elves and they're immortal. So time doesn't mean much to them. And before the sun and the moon, there weren't really days. I'm going to be so confused. Time is (laughs) is literally meaningless for a good chunk of this book. 
I didn't know that. I didn't know that was going to yeah, happen. It's going to be fun time for you. Sorry. <laughs> Who needs the space time continuum anyway? Not us. I do. I really do. Oh. I guess us. Sorry. We will, however, be trying to do this on a weekly basis. So we do need the time-space continuum. Yeah, that's true. We won't leave you hanging for a thousand years for another episode. Yeah, for, for one endless day. Yep. Um, do one of you guys want to talk about what we want the podcast to be and how we want it to be less gatekeepy? Um, okay, so our dream scenario for this podcast is, as we mentioned before, guiding people who have never read Tolkien's works um, through the entire collection um, and hopefully breaking down some of that intimidation that a lot of people feel when they get started. But we also want to make this accessible to people who uh, don't want to read the books. They just basically want a recap of everything that happened. So in that sense, we will be like a podcast spark notes um, for Tolkien's library. Or Cole's notes if you're Canadian. It's fine. <laughs> We also hope it gives a bit of a new perspective and relook back at his works for those of you who have read them before and maybe want to reread with us or just hear what, you know, us three people have to say about them, uh, especially because we don't want to just talk about him as being the father of modern fantasy. We want to be at least a little bit critical and, and look at what, what his works are actually about and where they maybe could be better, along with all of the various uh things that have come from Tolkien. He's, he's very much part of the history of literature now, and, and we want to look at all of that in an interesting way. So taking these books chapter by chapter, week by week, is going to help us be more critical of them, um, hopefully have a lot of fun, and it's also going to give us a chance to provide you with resources like family trees and um, maps. And if we ever bring in articles to our discussion, we will make sure that we make those available for you as well. Yeah, so um, whenever, whatever source you're listening to the podcast on, um, they usually have like a, a link to the podcast webpage, which will bring you right to our website, where in the blog post about it, there will be family trees, as was said, when, when necessary. We're not just going to throw in family trees whenever. Yep. And we're going to make them relevant to what we're talking about in that yeah. episode, so you don't have to find on this, you know thousand person family tree the specific one we're talking about yeah will, will help you know exactly who it is we're talking about and where they fit in with what what other stuff we've talked about and um there will be a lot of things to help you remember who the character is because sometimes the last time you heard from them was like five chapters ago and you know five thousand years passed in those chapters or whatever some some vague time space wibbly wobbly yeah. stuff i did also just say that i wanted to part of my personal motivation for starting this podcast um was one day i wanted to listen to a lord of the rings podcast so i looked up what there was and there were zero podcasts hosted by women wow uh, there i will say there was one with a woman on it and it was her and two men and that one's okay. Uh, it's called Talking Tolkien, and they kind of do what we're doing. Um, but And I, I listened to a couple of their episodes, but then once we started plans to do this, I, I stopped so that I wouldn't be stealing stuff from them. Um, I do plan to go back to it because they were very knowledgeable and, and good people. But I just remember really wanting to look at Tolkien's work from a feminist perspective. And 
being actual critical of the fact that there are literally no women in The Hobbit. Yeah. Yeah, I read somewhere that in his... Um, completed works, only 18% of characters on the page are women, um, which is incredibly low when you consider how many names you just know off the top of your head that come from Lord of the Rings. Um, The universe is huge, and if only 18% of them are women, they've got a population problem. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and if you even think to the Lord of the Rings, I'm trying to name women, you've got, you know, three Galadriel, Arwen, Eowyn, that's about where most people are going to end up. Yeah. That's where I end up. Yeah. And we can talk more about this, obviously, as we go. Like, within the Silmarillion, I think that that has more, that Tolkien gave more opportunity to women to be heroes in it because he didn't have to write out the actualities of them on an adventure. You know what I mean? I think he was the type of man who could imagine women doing heroic deeds, but when he was writing, like, the day-to-day practicalities of being on a journey or whatever. He couldn't imagine women in that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and possibly just because of the time period he grew up in, like, I don't think he was the type of guy to wake up in the morning and think, God damn those women. <laughs> <laughs> he was a product of his time. Yeah. Yeah. I'm curious how much of it has to do with also just the view of, of books in those days. Cause you know, he didn't actually publish the Silmarillion while he was alive. And even today, we still have huge criticism of books that have, you know, even 50% female characters, because we go, why are you writing about all these ladies? Yeah. And even back then, I, I wonder how much uh, comes to what would people have even discounted the books completely if he had lots of female characters? Well, I read there. So hmm, at the beginning of the Silmarillion, there's a letter written by Tolkien to I think somebody who worked at his publisher, I forget. Mm-hmm. And in that, he does have a line that's pretty dismissive of, of women as adventurers. So yeah. I think it was him. There's that too, yeah. Or at least some, I, I will say uh, for those of us, for those people reading the Summerlian for the first time with us, I don't actually recommend reading that letter. It is a very dry letter. Um, it was written before the Summerlian was published, obviously, because it was published posthumously. And it sums up the entire book and spoils everything. <laughs> So <laughs> skip that, read it afterwards. Some good advice. Yeah. It is also not that interesting unless you are a huge fan. <laughs> so maybe once we, we finish this podcast, we'll go back and reread it and pick up. Yeah. The, the forwards written by Christopher Tolkien are interesting, and you, you can go ahead and read those. They sort of explain how he put together the notes that his, his father left behind. And yeah. Any other thoughts on Tolkien as being sexist in his writings anything that we wanted to talk about such a broad question because i feel like on the one hand you're walking into a minefield because he did deliberately exclude women right like mm-hmm. he said that and we have it in writing um but on the other hand there's only so many excuses you can make for the kinds of characters that he put on the page um he has very specific examples of what women do to be heroic um, and everybody else is just brushed aside um, versus male characters who are everywhere and they don't necessarily have to do anything to justify their space on the page. Um, So I think one of the things we should be careful of when we do this podcast is like acknowledge the fact that yes, Tolkien is 
a product of the 19th century, but um, we need to make sure that we are not only placing these books in the period in which they were written, but also how we use them to influence works today. Because most high fantasy authors have throwbacks to Tolkien in their books. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Yes, exactly. And where have we grown from Tolkien? Where have we not? Uh, Putting everything in its context, both within Tolkien's own works and within the wider scope of fantasy literature. I was just trying to find that quote. I can't find it, though. I wish I had the exact wording of it, just to double check that I'm not painting him as worse than he is. But I, I do recall reading it and being like, ugh. Yeah. And we can bring that up next episode. Yeah, that's true. I can. As we really get going and talk in more, more specific practicalities and less in the abstract sense. Yes, in specificities. I think one of the reasons why we people look at Tolkien and the racism-sexism debate as a minefield is because a lot of people look at it as... Um, either deliberate, you are a racist, or they didn't mean it, so they're not a racist. And they don't look at it as this whole spectrum of privilege that um, as a, you know, incredibly well-educated white male in the 40s and 50s, he was, right? He was full of privilege. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that that us, you know, critiquing the lack of female characters in his works doesn't mean that we don't still absolutely love them. Yeah, that's something we should make clear, even though we are going to be as critical as we possibly can be as, as we want to, relatively yeah. privileged white people. Yes. We do still enjoy the books, and it will always be... Well, I don't know if you guys will enjoy The Silmarillion, but we enjoy his writings, and... I have a map of Middle-earth on my wall. We wouldn't be devoting hours of our time to them if we didn't enjoy them. Yeah, and I think there is yes. definitely something to be said for being critical of the things you love, so... Absolutely. Problematic favorites. Yeah, everybody has. Oh, oh, the Silmarillion is chock full of those. <laughs> Uh-oh. So just to go over a little bit, I guess, about what the Silmarillion actually is, is that it is basically Tolkien's world-building notes that were saved and put together by Christopher Tolkien, his eldest son, um, after he passed away. So it's not like a beginning and end in the middle of a story. It's really more of a history textbook about Middle-earth and how Middle-earth came to be. Like, slash almost like a religious book. It, it can be a little bit hard to tell where myth ends and reality begins, like, within the story. So, like, uh, it's kind of a mix of those two things. And it does cover the entire history of the world. So we will get a sum up of The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings at the end. um, That if you've never read them, you may want to skip. If spoilers, I don't know. Just throwing it out there. Yeah. Several decades later. And oh, I also wanted to mention that throughout his writings, uh, Tolkien refers to the human race as men. But like not in that male way, but you know, in the coming of men way. Um. I think we are going to do our best yeah, to say human when we can instead of men. But if we screw up there, uh, sorry. And if we're quoting anything, we'll leave it as it is. But a little bit of a sexism right there. Do you know off the top of your head, Caitlin, whether anything in the Silmarillion contradicts other works 
uh, published by Tolkien if it was published there's, posthumously? There's one thing that I can think of, but he sort of came up with a workaround for that. <laughs> okay. Right. And this is where you can tell you've got Caitlin's the only one who's read this and Emily and I are like, hey, this is going to be great. Do you like, but it won't even come up until we get to the Lord of the Rings. So do you want me to tell you now? Because I'll forget otherwise. There, there is. So he does state that um, all elves only have like the names of elves only exist once. So there's never going to be like a Galadriel Jr. <laughs> um, <laughs> but he did name an elf in the Silmarillion and an elf in the Lord of the Rings the same name. Um, but that elf <laughs> happens to die in the Silmarillion. So he just said that he was reincarnated. There we go. <laughs> sure. Sure. Why not? Yeah, it's a little bit more, I guess, um, complicated. Well, no, actually, that that's pretty much it. He was reincarnated or sent back in the words of Gandalf. <laughs> As it goes. Yeah, that's the only one I can think of off the top of my head. Uh, so our plans. Um, so the first chapter or sort of mini book of the Silmarillion is the Ilundale. I'm going to do my best with these pronunciations, folks. Yeah, that's something else we should... Are we going to have a common pronunciation? Is there... In fact, I said that wrong now that I'm looking at it. The I knew Lindale. I left out a syllable. I knew Lindale. Um, which... Say that three times fast. cover that end of Aliquinta? I don't think so. Uh, let's just stick with it. Yeah, so we'll do that, which is the very beginning of the world. So that will be interesting for our next episode. That'll be great. And yes, but yes, we are, we're sort of going to do our best with the pronunciations as mm -hmm. we go, try and correct ourselves. Um, feel free to pop in nicely if we really, truly butcher something, but yes, please. Maybe we should just embrace butchering things. Yep. That's it. When in doubt, just say them extra, <laughs> extra, extra wrong. wrong. And then good old Aragron. Get out. <laughs> oh God, no, please. I don't like it. <laughs> You know what? I'm just looking at this. Why don't we do, for the first one, why don't we do the island... Now I can't say it again. Shake it off. Shake it off. <sighs> the Ainulindale and the Valaquenta, because they're both kind of about the beginnings of the world and the gods and stuff for the next time. So I think we should do both, All if right. that makes sense. So that's our homework and your homework. Yeah. Unless you're one of the people not reading, that's fine then, too. So the Ainulindale and the Valaquenta, which are the two sort of short stories that come before the main body of work in the Silmarillion. And then I guess in the future, I mean, we're planning to do the Silmarillion and then the Hobbit and then the Lord of the Rings. And we're also going to have episodes about the movies, which we're going to watch before we start the books so that we can compare them and talk about the things that were changed that makes sense mm -hmm. and then after that i mean that's going to be like over a year, year from yep. now we don't have to plan that far ahead yeah <laughs> so if people are actually listening to us we can make decisions then perfect sounds like a plan anything else we wanted to cover i think that gives us a pretty good setup and we'll go at it with more specificity yeah Okay, so just to go over that one more time, next week for we will be reading the Ainulindale and the Valaquenta. Um, that's everybody's homework. And now we're just going to uh, sign off. 
Uh, so thanks for listening. I hope you come back. And I've been Caitlin. I've been Rachel. Thank you for listening. And I'm Emily. See you next week. Bye.